Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to stay tuned after today's interview for Holla Back. That's my Q&A where I'm answering questions from my listeners, so be sure to stay tuned. Aviva Dresner is New York's most memorable housewife. From her life-changing story at age six, to her iconic turn on Bravo's hit series, The Real Housewives of New York City, to life during the pandemic and her work with amputees. Aviva Drescher has many layers, and I'm so excited to welcome her to my show. Aviva, you're in my heart. (laughs) Hi, Heather. Thank you for having me. So, so good to see you. It's so wonderful to see you and have you. We were just saying before I started that, like, I wanted to call you, you know what I mean? To be like, okay, you're, you know, like, just... And I went into the whole old housewives mode and I'm like, no, I'm just going to catch up with her, you know, like old school times. Like, no, let's save it for the show. Remember when we used to say that? Really authentic. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, all right, let's go backwards a little bit because we're going to get into housewives because of course we have to, because we're sister girls from that and and we survived it. We survived it. Yes, we did. I want to talk about your childhood and growing up. And I really want to, I mean, a lot of people know the story about your accident, but I think it's a really important story to just retell because it really is a framework of who you were then as a child, who you've become as an adult and, you know, how trauma and those types of things, you know, really can leave their marks on you and that you have to move beyond them and really persevere. And you're someone who's absolutely done that. So let's just go back to the farm for a second and go back to the accident. Sure. When I was six years old in 1977, I was sleeping over at a friend's house and I was, we snuck out of the house and we went into a barn which had cows and we were riding on the conveyor belt that moves the manure. Long story short, I had lots of operations and months in the hospital and they had to amputate the leg at the foot. And then I had, you know, from the age of seven to 27, I had years of having abrasions and problems and this and that. So we re-amputated it below the knee, which was the best thing I ever did. And it bought me lots of freedom and lots of comfort. And um, I, I guess the big point is, number one is I, because it happened at such a young age, I'm able to help others. And I love doing that because it's just, it's something that's like wearing glasses for other people. And I love to impart that on people who think their lives are over. 
and they're, they're losing a limb and it's like the worst, most horrible thing you could think of. And I'm here to say it's not, and that you can have, you can live normally. And the other thing that I always had instilled in me, which I think as I get older and with through the pandemic is uh, gratitude. So I never really had a moment where I was like, Oh, why me? Or why did this happen? I just sort of plowed forward like your son, you know, like your son does just sort of plowed forward and wanted to be like everybody else. And I just always was grateful to be alive. So that gratitude is always with me. And I, and I use that today in many other ways. Like I just turned 50 and I'm like, well, you know, Oh, am I so old and wrinkly? Or I'm just so happy that I made it this far. I have, I know people who haven't made it this far. Yeah. So we're lucky. Well, it's so funny that you said that because it was one of the things I was thinking about going into this is that, you know, you've never let it define you. And I know that there had to be times like in your twenties or as a teenager, when, you know, puberty's hitting and adolescence comes on and we're so hard on ourselves. There had to be times where, you know, it was hard for you, you know, Jax's and I appreciate you, you know, talking about his resilience, but unlike you, there are times when he says like, you know, God hates me. Like, why do all these things happen to me? And it's usually triggered by something else. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. something else happens and then, he, you know, he kind of gets down on himself and we all have the opportunity to get down on ourselves. And, and those must have been really difficult times. And, I, and, I, and, and you don't ever let it define you. But I think anybody can relate to feeling down on themselves and everybody can relate to like, I'm not good enough or the why me syndrome. And you've always had such a positive outlook on it. I just want you to share a little bit, like, where did it come from? So the point about Jack's, it is really hard. The teenage rites of passage and the twenties were definitely the hardest. All of that is really a hard time, but I think that you just have to dig deep and get through it. And the best thing about you know, the gift that, that Jax has or the gift, you know, that, that I've been given and anybody with, with differences, any difference, it could be small, it could be large, is that it does, in my opinion, weed the bad people out. It really, really does. So I did have one, I did have one occasion before I met Reed, I was dating a man and he was like, let's go away, let's go do this. You know, we pissed a couple of times and then we were on our fourth date and I, and he's like, beautiful. You did a great body, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I really appreciate that, but you know, I just want you to know I'm really far from perfect and I'm, you know, missing part of my leg. And he promptly got up, took me home, never kissed me again, never called me. And, you know, in my opinion, that was a protective force because I don't want to be with somebody who has such little depth or can't handle those kinds of things. Cause we never know what's going to happen in life. And you really want to, if you're looking for a long-term partner, you want somebody there through thick and thin, good times yeah. and bad or all of those things, you know? You have a protective force around you and you'll get to the deeper, more compassionate, kind people, in my opinion. I think that that's such great advice and it's such great wisdom to impart on people to just remember. And I'm just going to roll right into the show because when we were on the show together, what I loved about you, I love a lot of things about you, but what I loved about you was that you were there to stand for, you know, people that had had challenges, you know, that were challenged in life. And just because your story was your leg, it certainly could permeate out there to everybody. And to the point where, I mean, nobody will ever forget the most iconic, I mean, outside of Teresa Judice flipping a table, you know, leg gate was, I think you have to be under a rock to not know that that was one of the most iconic moments on the history of the franchise of housewives. 
And I think that because you stood for what you did, no one like gave you slack, like, oh, how terrible that she would take off of her, her leg and put it on the table. It was that your stance was the only thing fake about me is this. And you used it as this iconic moment to, I think, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of layers to the story, but I want to talk about the good part of the story first. And that is that you were unapologetic about it by putting it on the table. It was an unapologetic move for who you are as a person. You think that's fair to say? I think it's fair to say, I think, you know, look, first and foremost, I think that that moment was me trying to entertain people (laughs) (laughs) and create storyline. Which you did. (laughs) And to keep it fun. Check, check, check. You know, definitely like in high school, I would have been way too self-conscious to take off my leg and put it on a table. You know what I mean? I would have been like worried what people think about me. So in Mm -hmm. that way, there's a moment there where it's like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm going to just do this to make great, you know, television and to keep it fun. And to, you know, I always liked also making people at home sort of escape their own reality because that's the fun of watching television. So it was a brave moment for me. It was a brave moment because I'm vulnerable taking my leg off that, you know, and it was a brave moment to make splashy television. And it was fun. I liked having you on the other side of that. <laughs> you know, it was fun. And I never really took the show. I mean, I, I, in the beginning, I was took it very seriously. But for me, it was just like, I knew I was going to be a caricature. I knew I was going to be made fun of. I know that everybody has opinions. And I just, it was fun. Okay, so let's back up a little bit and talk about the show. So you had watched the show. You were a fan of the show and you had watched The Housewives. And I'm going to speak for you what I know, but then you'll correct me if I say anything wrong. And a couple seasons came and went where you tossed your hat into the ring and you said, hey, hey, Bravo, look at me. I think I could be a good housewife. I could work for the show for you. Right. You want you. So you, did you did, tell me about that? Yeah, no, not exactly. I had watched it a little bit. Yeah. I, like, I thought the women were really crazy because that's how they're presented. And they came to me through a friend. Of okay. And um, I was like, I'm not doing this, actually. I was like, I'm oh. not doing the show. I can't, like, you know, I was having kids. And then um, and then they handed me a contract. Long story mm-hmm. short, they handed me a contract. And I was like, you know, I'd rather regret doing it than not doing it. And uh, it was a joint decision for, for Reed and myself. And we decided to go for it. And it was, you know, it, it was really a twofold goal. One was to raise awareness for amputees and to help people. And yeah. two was to make, like, Bethany kind of money. You know, because Reed makes a good living in banking. And the first did happen and continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. I, I do continue to help people and I get to help more people because of the show. And it's great. I didn't make Bethany money, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Me either. <laughs> so, that's all right. She got lucky yeah. and she worked hard. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just all, I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, a big fan and I wasn't obsessed with it. You know, I was never, I'm never really a big star fucker or anything like that because my dad, I grew up with my dad who was like really big with um, very famous people. Like, yeah, he managed money for like the Beatles and George Harrison and lots of fame, Madonna or whatever, famous people. So to me, it was always like a job and it was, you know, fun. I was, you know, that when we, when we were doing it, then it was more scary. I mean, we didn't have a reality star as president. Mm-mm. You know, it was more of like a you know, reality stars were like, you know, we had a big X on our forehead yes. and now it's not really a big deal at all. It's mm-hmm. like nothing. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a kid in the sandbox, the housewives compared yeah. to other reality shows. 
you know, after this whole Trump time, I mean, and, and what's gone on, I, I feel like Snow White. <laughs> being, <laughs> I was being a house. I was like being like prissy. Well, it's definitely changed. But so have you. OK, so thank you for straightening that out for me, because I think I always thought that up until just now. Uh-huh. And I think. Yeah. So so I want to go back to that a little bit because you were really good at it. And I think that's maybe why I thought that you were studied or kind of knew a little bit of how to play the game or whatever. I was a little bit more yellow bellied. You right. just you were good at it and you you didn't make apologies for certain things. You were adamant about certain things. And I was like, wow, I remember thinking like, wow, she's so brave and amazing. And so, I remember respecting and being in awe of your authenticity. Like I was kind of acting it the whole time and you were like being real, you know, and I, I always appreciated that. And I think being real is probably a better way to go for reality television, but it just wasn't going to work for me. Right. Right. Totally. I mean, and you did so many things that were real. You did. And so yeah, let's I, I did some things. That's true. That you is really true. did. So don't sell yourself too short, but let's roll right into like, what are some of the, you think of the, some of the biggest misconceptions about you on the show? I guess there are some people who think that I made a big thing out of my leg because of the show. And that's actually not, not true at all. Like maybe I used it for storyline mm-hmm. and maybe I use it to entertain, but I don't make a big deal about my leg at all. That's probably no. the biggest, you know, like, her leg, her leg, that's not me at all. Like, in fact, anyone who's friends with me forgets about my leg. Totally. I forget about my leg. We all, everyone forgets about it. Yeah. My kids forget about it. That's probably the biggest misconception is that. Do you think the audience really got a fair shot at who you are as a person? No, definitely not. Because I wasn't myself. Right. I wasn't. When I was myself in the very beginning, I was very boring. And the producers were yelling at me all the time to get involved and to fight. My first fight was with you. And they were like, get involved. Do you remember that? They were like, get involved and get into the mix and fight and this and that. And I I felt like I was going to be kicked off the show if I didn't. You didn't care what the producers said. You were like, you stuck to your guns. And I was weaker in that way. I was like the kid trying to get an A in the course, you know, and you were like <laughs> sticking to your guns no matter what. You were better at that. But my the first time they told me to get involved was a, when you didn't invite Ramona to Europe, to London. Yes. And I remember I wrote on my phone because I loved you so much. Of course, I still do, obviously. But I, was I like, love I, you too. I was like, Heather, I'm going to have to fight with you right now. And I'm so dumb because the cameras were rolling and they saw me doing this. And I got in so much trouble. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I just can't win. I can't beat this. System. And I just leaned into that skid and I became more dramatic and more stupid. I don't know, whatever. You know? Oh, well, you're neither a- of those things. Oh, so dumb. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it's not a dream. The holidays are here and it's time to fill your sleigh with gifts from Way. 
Way's best-selling hair and body products are the best gifts for effortless routines, perfect for you and everyone on your list this season. As winter approaches, our routines for self-care are important. The weather is drying. There are lots of events, meaning excessive celebrations, heat and styling, and damage to care about. My color-treated hair is prone to breakage. My fast fix... Waze Multitasking Hair Oil. It smooths frizz and seals split ends for a high gloss, super smooth finish. No matter what kind of hair you have, Waze Hair Oil will rejuvenate and revive damaged hair to look healthier and vibrant and it smells great. Get the perfect gifts for everyone with Waze bestsellers like their leave-in conditioner, good for those on the naughty list, helping with frizz and breakage and protects hair from heat damage. And if home is where your heart is, get away with their fragrances reminiscent of your favorite getaways like London, Paris, St. Bart's and more. Don't miss your chance to get away this holiday season. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com for 15% off site-wide when you enter promo code in my heart. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com for 15% off with code in my heart. Now back to my show. You know, when we were on the show, I also wanted people to check out of their own lives and check into the housewives. And I wanted to keep it authentic and I wanted to tell my authentic self and be my authentic self and react authentically for me to maybe some of the shenanigans. You know what I mean? And I do think on the show, maybe a balance of a little bit of both is what's important. But I can tell you right now you're not boring and you were never boring. And, you know, by letting them, you know, kind of try to fire you up really was a disservice to who you were, because I remember one of our first scenes when we, you, Carol, and I talked about being mean girls and we were very genuine in that scene. Like, we're not going to be that. Like we were like three sorority sisters that had just gone through like rushing together or something. I felt like there was this bond between us that no one could ever break. And then ultimately it broke. And the good news about it all though, is that we're still friends. We came out of it knowing each other and who each other are. And I'm so grateful to the show for that because I love you so much. And going back to the show for me this season, just dipping my toe into that boiling kettle pot, I I called you about it. I called you about going back. You know what I mean? And I wasn't sure whether to do it or not. I was because I, it's like a bad breakup. You only remember the good things about the person. You know what I mean? After some years go by, you're like, well, it's not bad. Or, you know, so I thought I could dip my toe into that boiling pot and not really have to stay in the kitchen. And you you can't really be half in, you know what I mean? It doesn't. And so it, it ultimately didn't work for me. But what I remember leaving the show with cherishing was the time that I had when I had it. The time I had with you, the time I had with Raz, the time I had with Kristen, the time I had with Dorinda, and even with the OGs, with Ramona and Luann and Sonia, I was so happy for our time on reality television because it has changed so much. The fourth wall is pretty much getting plowed down. You know, you can bring anything right or left or center, you know, on the show where, you know, they actually talk about being on a show. Remember, we would get in so much trouble if we talked about being on a show, you know, so it really... It's a very weird alternate universe being on that reality show because it's like part real, part not real, part fake. Sometimes people tell each other what they're going to do. The housewives themselves are producers. We're all producing our own storylines. You know, we're all trying to, you know, sort of sometimes surprise the person in front of us like an actor and have real 
acting. Sometimes you're telling them what's happening. It's just like, sometimes you're really getting angry at another person. Sometimes you're not. Like mm-hmm. I still to this day, Luann one, once got mad at me. To this day, I never asked, like, I don't know if she was really mad at me or not. <laughs> she well, was just for the cameras. See, I learned definitely about Luann when um, my last season on the show, when Ramona had left a stranger unattended in the house and we were all sleeping and we didn't have security or whatever. And I thought that that was a terrible thing to do. Right. Our diamonds were out. All their things were out. It was just a, a silly yeah. thing to do. And she apologized to me. She agreed. She said, this is exactly what I have told Avery never to do. And I'm sorry, but Luann's took it to these whole levels, calling me uncool or whatever, saying I was trying to bust her with a guy. And it was crazy. And I really, I couldn't believe it. And that was really the disentangling of what I thought was a real friendship, which really wasn't. But I saw her after I left the show at um, a sushi place in New York City. I hadn't seen her, whatever. And I said to her, I mean, after the Girl Code song came out, I, did you really think I was trying to bust? She's like, oh, darling, no, 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 of course not. You know what I mean? And it was like, but you're dragging me through the mud for some made up bullshit to make yourself look better. And that's where I try to cross, you know, like draw a line where, you know, what's right and what's not. But there are takeaways from being on that show. Like it was an experience. We had this experience together. So, I mean, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the positive parts of it and you know what the positive takeaways and lessons from being on that show were for you. Well, definitely becoming friends with you. And there was a time where I was friends with Carol. That was really fun. Us being the newbies in the beginning. That was really great. Really loved the producers. I thought they were just all such good people, like young and kind and just down to earth. And they're just doing their job, getting us to, you know, fight with each other or whatever they were doing. They're writing their own storylines in the back rooms. And it was just a great experience. The whole seeing how it was done and having a front, front row seat to this pop culture moment and, you know, getting nervous. I thought all the girls, I have to tell you all in all, I loved all the girls and I have such a respect for how hard everybody worked. Cause it's, it's not a joke. I mean, this is a real job. This is really hard. And I think that one misperception of the fans is that we're all just these like, you know, wealthy women and lollygagging around. And it's, you don't realize that we're really working. And even if you're not filming, you're working on so much and you're, you know, you're like a politician because everybody's weighing in on you as if you're a real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. It's because hard. It's, it's hard, but it's, it's wonderful at the same time. And, and I think that the, the thick skin that you build is also really good. Like really good. You learn yeah. that not to care what people think about you. That's true. I mean, I definitely pulled my armor suit back up, you know what I mean? Going back into the show. And it was so nice because yeah. All of a sudden, you know, my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed were, you know, full of love and there was no more hate, you know, six years later, it was the people that follow me, you know, care about me and they, and they, you know, have, have cared about me for a reason or for a long time, or I've struck a chord with them and I care about them and I love my followers and I love engaging them and hopefully inspiring them or being true and all those things. But the nasty kind of trolls went away after like some time. And I was so relieved to see that go away. I also learned to block people because I used to I used to like take the punishment and let them stay on my page until one day I was like, you know, because I always thought it was like part of being a housewife. You got to show because what I've learned after being off the show from some of the influencers or the podcast hosts that are, you know, have made careers off of watching the shows that 
they really get vested in us like a soap opera characters in the sense that one week they can love you and the next week they can hate you. But generally speaking, they just love, they love us. They love it where they are. Do you know right. what I mean? They like the show. They like watching the show and having all that. So you can't really take it too personally that someone may dog you one day because the next day they may be the one singing your praises. And the truth of that is, is that some of the people when I would go after them, if they said something nasty, they'd come right back. Oh, Heather, I really love you. I was only kidding. You know what I mean? I'm not, I was only kidding, but I was just saying for that one episode, like in hindsight, I look back at it now and I see, yes, they were just playing the game along with all of us. And it wasn't really a personal attack on me, but you know, personal attacks when they're like, you're ugly or, you know, you should, you know, kill yourself. I mean, those are just terrible things. And delete those people off of your feed. You don't need to be harassed like that. You know, I definitely learned, I learned that lesson that we maybe took it even more seriously than the fans did, or certainly I did. (laughs) I took it very seriously. A hundred percent. It really is. All right. So let's talk about Harry. Okay. (laughs) How do you feel about Harry becoming like having such a big role on the show? I mean, would we have ever have known that that would happen? I mean, how do you feel about that? What is that? I don't really have many feelings about it. Isn't that funny? I don't really, I can't even believe it that Harry is such a big deal, you know, on the show. It's really bizarre. You know, to me, he's Harrison's dad and he and I are friends. and I love him like a brother and I just, you know, want him to be great and wonderful for Harrison. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I want him to be happy. You know, so I don't, I don't even, I don't really even think about it that much. Right. Right. It's funny that he did become like this phenomenon on the show, right? Like the women pass him around. (laughs) It's so funny. I mean, I have friends who get divorced, who are getting divorced, who get divorced. And, you know, there's all sorts of mixed feelings. For me, I had no feelings. By the time I wanted to leave, there were no feelings. So anything after that is just Harrison's dad. I don't yes. know why, why that is, you know, maybe it's just a particular relationship with Harry. I feel nothing. I don't get it. I don't get the whole Harry thing. I, I love Harry and I think he's very handsome and I think he's a gentleman and I think he's kind. And I think anytime you walk into a room, you know, if Harry will always be the nicest person in the room, but I don't understand, you know, all this romantic interest in Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, now you're raising a blended family with Reed, who you met at a Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Do I do I remember that properly? Yes, very good. So you guys were, you know, the kids were playing in the aisle, right? Your kids were playing in the aisle and you and Reed met and it was literally kind of like, well, I'm going to say it was love at first sight um, because then you guys started dating and you got married right after, right? Was it pretty quick? Yes. It was, it was like two years total, but yes, yes, we did. We did. Yeah. We met and uh, we have this beautiful blended family and we're, we're so happy. We're, we actually really loved the part of the pandemic where we got to be together all the time and be home. We've loved that. And uh, right now we actually came down to, um, we're in Miami. Uh, We we took a place in Miami. So we're here and we had to move our bubble (laughs) from New York city to Miami. So it's better. So we're outside all the time and it's great. And I'm only counting those blessings, you know, the kids and read and our health and happiness and that's it. So really after the show, you're, are you, you're a full-time mom? Is that mostly what you're spending your time doing? Tell, tell everybody a little bit about life after housewives for you. So yeah, I'm full-time mom. You know, there are definitely, um, the housewives is definitely the gift that keeps on giving, which is really nice. There are always, there's always something to do you know, where I get compensated, which is nice, you know, a little, you know, little things here and there, which is really nice. There's always 
tremendous opportunity to help amputees, which is really, you know, and I do most of that one-on-one, which I, I like. I go to the hospitals, I visit with people, I, I talk through it. So it's a little bit of work, a lot of philanthropy and um, yeah, being with the family and, you know, it's a very calm life and I love it. I, I did find the TV life to be frenetic and, and like just stressful, mm-hmm. but I, I started that when I was 41. I feel like a completely different person now at 50. I feel like if I were to do it now, I wouldn't care. I'd probably throw up all my limbs. I really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I really like feel like I really don't care now, you know? I love that. Oh my God, that is so true. I cared how I looked and I cared about my makeup and my outfits. Like I look back now, I'm like, that was ridiculous. And I do just love this calm lifestyle. You know, being in makeup and hair every day is exhausting. Yeah. And I love no makeup, nothing. I'm like, I mean, especially with the pandemic, all we do is like wear sweats and get fat. And (laughs) it's been wonderful to make bread and cookies and... Well, that healthy lifestyle out the window. I have to bring that back. Well, I doubt it because you're so, first of all, you're gorgeous and in sweatpants or whatever, you're so beautiful and you only looked beautiful on the show. You never look, I mean, you really, you're a contender. Let me tell you, standing up next to you, the 5'10". That's not true. Oh my God. You are, you're gorgeous. You changed your hair color recently, right? I, I just made it a little blonder. Again, but I will tell you, be one of the reasons why is because it took my hair to rebound years after the housewives. Like you said, from the overstyling, you know, we are like overdoing, like I would do my hair like three times for three different scenes in one day. Now, I I mean, I showed up this season. I didn't even bring hair and makeup. I did my own hair and makeup. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, yes, totally. I would do it myself too now. Totally. It changed. And the new girls that were on the show, not the originals, you know, Luann and, and Sonia and Ramona, but we were like going fishing and like oyster shucking. And, you know, the new girls had full hair and makeup, full glam, you know, Manila Blahnik boots. I was like, OK, I'm in like van sneakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would never. I, yeah. I, I think it's so much cooler to be like that anyway. Like when you're trying so hard, it's like. It was ridiculous. I'm a little embarrassed of some of my outfits and my makeup. Oh, some of my makeup. I mean, they show, I mean, I had so much makeup on. I never really wore that, but I did miss you. Like when um, they asked me to come back and I decided to come back when I called you, I just felt like if the time was right for me again, I felt like the time was right for you again, too. I, know. I really did. I and if I had stayed, I, I lasted one weekend and I realized, you know, we all get the same 24 hours in a day. You know, how do I want to spend mine and with whom do I want to spend it? And, you know, none of those those boxes checked for the housewives for me anymore. But had I stayed, I was going to gun to have you come back with me. And, uh-huh. you know, we would have had fun. I, I, I really believe I would have kept it authentic. I know you would have. <laughs> That's why I really believe that. And you never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know, my sister. Yeah. How, how I don't know how you even lasted a weekend. I've seen you actually in the press the past few days. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's such, it's such, it's, well, the Us Weekly story got it pretty much right. Other than, other than no one ran me off the show. I went back and came on my own accord. It was like no boxes checked. I know. But then, you know, the, the girl who feels that she needs to be on the defensive had to go and put some rebuke in, which was not true at all. 
Right. I saw somebody saying things and it was like, yeah, very, it's like, it's like, I can tell that they're fighting to win in the yeah. housewives. Totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. And yeah. it's like to make themselves look good. And it's like, you get all caught up in that. And it's yeah. so ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know? I really think that you did authenticity beautifully. You never were mean. You never were, you know, you, I like your authenticity. I also like the fact that between us, <laughs> like, I think Ramona's always kind of laughing her way through the whole thing. She's always acting. And I think it's hilarious. Mm. I think Sonia's always acting. I think it's hilarious. I think the, the original is like Sonia, mm. Ramona and Luann are kind of always like giving you a wink at the same time. And I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's an art. Listen, it's an art form to walk that back. Like I went too far on the acting and the, and the antics, you know, they probably walk that very right line of, of acting, but being real at the same time. And I just, I, I think it's great. And I, I think it's admirable, you know, to, to, to get that line. I was like a little too extreme and I pissed people off and, you know, I don't know. I just, Carol may have been like a little bit too low key, fine line to hit, a mark to hit. And I, I just think it's, it's, I, I admire them and I, I love learning about it. There's no way that you can't applaud, you know, years and years of, you know, a career. You know what I mean? You've got a, they're career housewives and, you know, you have to applaud that. I mean, I think it's, it's a toxic existence, you know what I mean? And you do have to, you know, develop this, this thick skin where it really doesn't matter. You don't really care what anybody thinks about you or whatever. But I do think that after years of that, you become a shell of, of a per, you know what I mean? I, I did, I, de- I definitely noticed that change. Like, you know, I kept up with, you know, with some of the girls, like, you know, and I really wanted to go back and finish my storyline with Sonia. I wanted to get through that because I know that it wasn't like we didn't have uh, any ill will toward each other. We just didn't connect after that happened. So it would have been nice to reconnect and re up the storylines. But what I recognize is it was like, it's just, you know, a power play for airtime. It's a power, like the authenticity, it just doesn't, you know, like who, right. who could be the most shocking, who's going right. to go after who's, you know, throat. Right. And that is just unfortunate. Oh, that's another misnomer. Oh my God. This was about, about people think of me. People were thinking that I was trying to get airtime. Like that's not something that I was fighting for. And that's not something that's, in my control or anyone's control, really. I mean, I may have been fighting for my job, but I wasn't right. fighting for my airtime. Yeah. You know? So life after housewives, you know what I mean? For better or for worse, you were able to continue to use the platform to do your good work, like your work with One Step Ahead, which is the charity for amputees that you work for. You also have done a lot of work with Cancer Schmancer. If yeah. I remember yeah. correctly. Right. Yeah. And that's another. So your mom. Right. Can we talk a little bit about like why cancer for you and why that was near and dear? Was that your mom? So, no, that's no, I'm just no. A Fran Drescher Reed's cousin had right. cancer and she is a survivor. And, you know, she believes that a lot of the products that are in our homes and our makeup and our lotions are contributing to ill health. And she's also, you know, just an, a proponent for women to get proper testing uh, yeah. for cancer. And I've been a part of that. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful movement. That's fantastic. And no, no one in my family, except for Fran has had cancer. You know, it's a, it's a great movement. And what Fran has done is tremendous. She's really turned 
lemons into lemonade and, and used her celebrity to be a voice of health awareness and cancer awareness. And she's incredible. She's an incredibly bright woman and a, a kind woman. I, I love her to, to, to the end. Her favorite nanny ever. We yeah, love, we love you, Fran Drescher. Oh my God. About females and female friendships. And, you know, I mean, because obviously we're so much more than what we see on the show and we're not really, you know, there to tear other women down. We're actually there to raise them up. So have you learned, did you learn anything from the housewives or did it make you, um, you know, like me just cherish the friendships I had so much more talk about what you feel about that. And as girls today, you know, in general, I'm definitely, so that maybe this is also why I shouldn't be a housewife. Like I am, I have found that women in their fifties and forties, they regress a little bit into like high school behavior. I don't know if you've seen this in your world, but like who's invited to who and who's going where. And that is not, I'm not at all like that. I'm, I'm, I find it a little immature, Yeah, you know, so I don't play in those sandboxes. I guess what's really important to me and my friendships are just, you know, maturity and honesty and again, gratitude. And, but yet not like, being a difficult friend, like you didn't call me here, mm-hmm. you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Like it's got to be all easy because life is tough enough. And I like easy, low key, authentic friendships. That's not about, you know, who's wearing what, and who's going to what party and who invited who. I don't give a right. shit. Pretty <laughs> you know? shallow. I mean, it's pretty shallow behavior, uh, you know. Yeah. And I see that on like the Upper East Side mm-hmm. of Manhattan, which is crazy. I know. We used to always, Carol, and I always made fun of that. That was always a housewife narrative. Like, who's mad at who for not being invited to what party? And, you know, who's wearing the same clothes or whatever? It's like, that never happens in my real life. So when you're finding it happen in your real life, sister, run the other way, because that is not you. Exactly. (laughs) Do you watch any of the Housewives franchise anymore? I haven't watched in years. Do you? No, no. I did. I had to do some homework because I was on Watch What Happens Live during the pandemic. They were doing like a throwback or whatever. And so the producers asked me to watch. I misread the homework. They wanted me to watch a couple Watch What Happens Live episodes before I was on. And they were talking about Sonia had gotten a facelift and they were talking. They were going to ask me a question about her facelift. And I didn't know she had a facelift because I don't watch that stuff and I don't really follow it. But what I did is watched an episode of a, of a Housewives because I thought they wanted me to comment on like a Housewives show. So I watched something that was outside of New York because New York wasn't even on at the moment. I watched Salt Lake City and I turned it on and it was it was fun to watch for right. you know a couple episodes. And I wound up knowing one of the women on the show, which was so bizarre. I'm like, I ladies that live in Salt Lake City. I mean, I do know a couple, but not that would be on the show necessarily. But I wound up working out in my old gym at Will Space with one of the women that are on the Salt Lake City show. So I was like, oh my God, that's Mary. I know Mary. And so it was funny. So I kind of got sucked into a little bit of it, watching it that way. But ultimately they asked me what I thought of Sonia's new face on Watch What Happens Live. And I said, I like the old face because I didn't know 
that she had gotten, you know, plastic surgery. And, but of course, when we were filming, I saw her after her facelift and she looks great, but I still think she looked great before the facelift. I mean, plastic surgery is a personal choice. I I don't care if she gets a facelift or not, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I still got, I get it by the way, I got in trouble for it because one of the women on the show use it to like make up some fake story that I shame people who had plastic surgery, which is certainly not anything that I do ever. You know, I, I always say, do you, baby, just do you be authentically true to who you are. You know, I do feel oh. badly for the, for the, like the new girls, like really caught up into that storm of fighting and winning. And it's, it's so crazy. Well, only because I think it's a false celebrity in a way. And it's like a false narrative of like being the breakout or whatever. I mean, it's a very long, painful fall from grace, uh, you know, as a housewife, when you think you know, you're all that it's one day, everything can change. So that we know. (laughs) I love watching scripted television. I'm obsessed with like TV series. Like I'm just obsessed. TV's making you tick right now. Is anything else making you like, what, what, you know, what are you finding out there? Like through the, any favorite products or things that everyone needs to know about? Okay. Authentic plug here. Authentic. I know one. I know one's giving me any, I'm not being paid. So (laughs) this, I just found this you know, because we're always wearing masks. This Chanel lipstick. <laughs> oh, la like la tenue. It's anyway. It literally, doesn't come off on your mask. It doesn't come off on anything. Okay, wow. it's amazing. You know, it has every color. I'm also really into honeydew pajamas. Oh, the long sleeve for you and um, any women in your life or kids. Honeydew pajamas are so th- thin and soft. I feel like you can wear them like to bed and lounging around. They're I remember un- those. I used to get them at Bloomingdale's. I've had a couple of their pieces. It's like loungewear, lipstick that might say on, you know, a bread recipe. <laughs> but how are some of the ways that you find your freedom? Like what, what's freedom mean to you? And how do you, how do you find your freedom and, and stay true to that for you? I think that one thing is just having a calm life calm and just is very freeing to me. You know, everyone harmony in the home is a big one. And whatever your home is, you know, harmony in the home, harmony with your friends, harmony with your loved ones, your family. It's very important. And, you know, under the umbrella of this terrible pandemic, I think I've really found freedom in nature. I am obsessed with nature. Like we're here on the beach and it's just everything to me. It makes me feel better just being near water. You love the mountains, you know, you love to climb. I love water and ocean. And that to me is free and just having access to cooking healthy food and, and just being together. Like I, less is more for me at this point. And that's where I find my freedom. I love that. That is so beautiful. Viva Drescher. Oh, well, I say so- ditto, 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 and ditto to that, my friend. I agree with you. Harmony in the home. So any tips to keep a harmonious home when you got teenagers? That's really funny. I like to, um, well, I let them eat whatever they want. So as far as the healthy eating, like I'm not, that's not a battle. I'm, you know, pick your battles. That's not a battle I'm going to pick. And, you know, you have to just be very, I think, gentle and understanding that they are raging with testosterone or estrogen. And you just really have to, I find to be tolerant. I know that I'm my children's punching bag and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm not going to pick a battle of don't speak to me this way. Don't do this. Like they're, they're letting it out on me and that's okay. Happiness wins. It does win. Happiness wins. That's really what it is about being happy and calm and just peaceful with everything and everybody. 
Okay, so one last question that I have to ask because I don't even know. How's George? How's your dad? Oh, he's he's great. George is great. He's 86. <laughs> he got married to the woman, Cody, that was on the show. And he got divorced, but they're still friends. Okay. Um, he's healthy. He's healthy. He lives at South Beach. He's still doing the ladies. He doesn't care about Corona. Doesn't care about it. He says that his immune system is so strong that he's not going to get Corona. So we came down to Florida in part to be closer to him. And he's like, not at all worried about Corona, doesn't care about it. I'm worried about it. So I had to like talk to him to get him not to give us Corona. So I'm, right. like, I'm like, okay, I get it. You can't get Corona because you're superhuman and you're, you're not going to get it. I'm like, but we're not, our immune systems are not as strong as yours. We're not as healthy. So it's a team sport, dad. Could you not give it to us? And he's like, okay. So I'm like, dad, so you just can't see girls all the time. Just pick one because I don't want to get it. So he's, he's, he's wonderful crazy. He's the same. Well, slap him on the ass for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't realize that you're, um, that you're, you're down in Florida. Did you give up your apartment in the city or you just, no, we still have it. We have, yeah, yeah. we're back and forth, but we're going back yeah. like full time in September, but we have a place here now. So that's good. So that's, that's it. awesome. I love that. So one of the things is at the end of my um, podcast, I do holla back, which is a Q&A where fans get to ask me and listeners get to ask me questions. Okay. And this question I was hoping you would stick around for because oh, I'm re really only you can help me with it. And it's just so perfect that it came up for this day. So the question was, it, it included a video clip from Roni. It says where a pop singer girl performed at an event and it was a little bit cringeworthy. The question was, can you please walk us through step-by-step step of this glorious performance and what you remember of it? And the person who asked the question is at Love Andy C. So I, what I remember of it is this was your anniversary party. You and Reed had an anniversary party and you had a performer sing at the anniversary party. And I know it was like, it was a little cringeworthy, but I don't really remember that much about it. Can you help remind me of it? Do you remember? I do remember someone in the cast brought her in. Sonia. Oh. Sonia brought her in. She was like a friend of Sonia's and she was just, you know, not that great. <laughs> but you so you played it off. I didn't know that you didn't know her you were very kind to her because you played it off like oh yeah no listen right but yeah so it was someone that they maybe Sonia was trying to give an opportunity and she wasn't really we didn't have auto-tune right exactly. <laughs> yeah, so funny what a great question yeah. I know it was but I was like I, I was like god the and I'm like oh no that was I remember it was your anniversary party I remember yes. like walking into the place I remember the venue yeah but I couldn't remember the details about it so Sonia brought her in and it was a little cringeworthy yeah and that's and that's all we know like upset Sonia by like Oh my God, I remember like having so many interviews and the producer was trying to get me to say horrible things about the singer and I wouldn't say it because I was new then and I wasn't playing the game with the producers and I was just like, no, she was good. She was good. Like I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know? <laughs> also at Love Andy C, that's the answer to your question. Aviva, thank you so much for helping me with my holla back. And before I let you go, just in case uh, people don't follow you already, where can my guests find you, Aviva? at Aviva Drescher on any social media outlet. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much to my guest and my friend, Aviva Drescher. This is In My Heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I am Heather T and send me any questions. Don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcast and join us next week for another episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.